Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. How many of you have found it's a wonderful thing to serve the Lord? And it's good to grow in our knowledge of the things of God. Amen. That's what Torah study is all about. And so we appreciate you that are attending here in person. Those of you that are attending via Zoom. Those of you that might be listening to the broadcast later. uh, You can access that on the New Beginnings website. Uh, However you get more of the Word. That's a good thing. Amen. We're never too old. We're never too smart. We've never learned it all that we can't receive something new and fresh from the Lord. How many of you are hungry for God? Thirsty for the Spirit of God? Amen. That you'll keep seeking and knocking and asking and lather, rinse, and repeat. Glory to God. As... uh, Garfield once said, I resemble that remark. Amen. Well, welcome to the Torah study. Here we are at the Feast of Tabernacles. We're at the very end, almost at the very end. One more Sunday uh, will get us through uh, all the Torah studies for the year. And then... uh, uh, next week we'll begin uh, the Genesis uh, journey again, Genesis 1-1. So we made it through a whole year of study. Uh, and how many of you would say it was absolutely worth it? Donuts aside. <laughs> Coffee aside. Friends aside, just knowing that uh, we're learning how to receive the Word, apply the Word, work the Word. Uh, God has great things in our future, in our destiny. And uh, part of it is connected with knowing where we came from. It, It was Jeremiah, the prophet, that gave us a word in Jeremiah 31 about the coming of a new covenant. The new covenant meaning a refreshed covenant. It's new and improved. It's the same tide, same title, tide, but only it's new and improved. Tide comes now in pods. (laughs) Amen. But uh, the new covenant isn't new in terms of what it contains, Uh, It's new in where it's written. Originally it was written on tablets of stone, but God says, I'll turn your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And in Jeremiah 31, I will write the covenant on your heart. And so, uh, this is why we study both the old and the new. Uh, The old isn't abolished, it's just been refreshed. It's new and improved. And so uh, Jeremiah, the the prophet, wrote, and this is in Jeremiah 6.16. I don't know if you've been into Jeremiah in a while. The pages might be sticking together in your Bible. 
Uh, but uh, Jeremiah 6.16, this is from the Good News Bible, uh, says, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Amen. Ask which paths are the old reliable paths. Ask which way leads to blessings. Then live that way and you will find a resting place for yourself. Thanks be to God, a gracious Father. And this is what we're doing in Torah study. We're going back and examining the old paths. Amen. They're reliable, dependable paths. And they're paths that lead to blessing. And this is why we celebrate the biblical holidays. This is why we learn about the biblical symbols, the shofar, the talit, the mezuzah, and so forth. Uh, The biblical holidays are called the feasts of the Lord. God says, these are my feasts. And today it's the Feast of Tabernacles, seven days. It started uh, Friday night. And so... uh, How many of you realize that the Old Testament is part of Ancestry.com? Right? It's part of our salvation history. Amen? It's part of our spiritual foundation of faith. Uh, We believe the full gospel, right? Well, the full gospel starts in Genesis. Amen. And the promises of God, the blessings of God, uh, and especially uh, the Messiah's power being revealed is written in every book of the Bible. And it's all part of God's divine calendar. What we're, uh, what we're celebrating in the Feast of Tabernacles in Hebrew Sukkot uh, is part of God's divine calendar. And they, the, the calendar and the holidays can, contain secrets and blessings that uh, Jeremiah is prophesying about. Go back to the old paths. Ask which way, Lord, leads to blessing. And the Lord will say, well, many things lead to blessing, including the biblical holidays. How many of you want to live a blessed life? How many of you want refreshing for your soul? The peace of God that passes all understanding. How many of you want to get into a divine flow, a spiritual rhythm for your life? Follow the calendar. Amen. It, it, we, were, we were following Halloween and Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day. And uh, we even decorate for that kind of stuff. Okay, well, have at it, have fun. But not at the expense of knowing what Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles are meant to celebrate. Why do our kids know more about uh, 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 chocolate bunnies that lay colored eggs? than they do about uh, this week's Feast of Tabernacles. Well, let's change that, and that'll keep us on track. I like the idea of living in a continual flow of blessing. I haven't spent my whole life serving the Lord so I could be broke, busted, and disgusted. (laughs) 
right? If, if the Lord is gracious and He takes pleasure in blessing us and prospering us, I want to know the secrets. And if I don't have that in my life, I want to learn how to have it. Amen? And so that's why God says to move on from the elementary things, right, in the book of Hebrews. You're no longer an elementary school adult. <laughs> We're meant to move on. Now, I see some elementary kids, and God is teaching you, and your, your school is teaching you many wonderful things, and that's a good thing. But uh, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 30 all these many years later, I want to know more about the, the power of God, the promises of God, the blessing of God than when I did when I was in second grade. But I wonder how many people go to church and even think that way. You know, you think that way, or you wouldn't be getting up and getting here. You want more. You're hungering and thirsting. You're seeking the things of God uh, in order to get to a higher level. Remember that sermon I taught the other day with the main sermon? Living the high life. C-H-A-I life. The high life. Amen. The blessed life. The abundant life. Yeah, we have eternal life. And God wants to bring us into abundant life. That's where a lot of the fight is. Yeah. Because we need to renew our minds, the spirit of our minds, and learn about the principles, uh, the pathways that lead to life and blessing. And that's what uh, Sukkot is all about, Feast of Tabernacles. That's right now, this week, second day of seven days, and then there's an eighth day. Uh, And so we wish you a blessed and prosperous Feast of Tabernacles. May our eyes be open. May we have ears to hear. Uh, and, uh, And I know you do. So that's a good thing. This is the seventh of the Feasts of the Lord. Uh, that are outlined in Leviticus 23. Uh, they're biblical holidays, right? And God calls these biblical holidays appointed times. Appointed times. Ever make a dentist appointment, a doctor's appointment, an appointment for your car, an appointment with your banker. You've set an appointment, a set time, an exact time. 10.30 on Tuesday morning, I'm getting my hair done. (laughs) If you're a guy, you're just getting your hair cut. Don't get your nails done. My wife tries to talk me into going, I I have an appointment at the nail salon. Do you want to go get a pedicure? No! (laughs) I don't want nobody touching my feet. (laughs) Appointed times in Hebrew is moedim. Moed, moedim in plural. And that's what it means, an appointment. God's setting an appointment with you and I. On It's predetermined. Amen. Well, when's God going to move? He can move at any time, 24-7, 300-7. But we do know as well, on the appointed times, God will move. If we're looking, if we're ready, if we're, you know, like a, a, a track star in the blocks, Ready, set, go! Amen? How many of you like to go with God? Amen. 
And so God has due seasons, exact times, set times on His calendar. And part of that is to release His blessing. You have a part to play, and when you draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. And what's so cool about appointed times is you don't need to get on an airplane. Right? Appointed times aren't about getting to a special place. Right? You, you don't have to get to Jerusalem, although that'd be kind of cool. Yvonne's in Jerusalem uh, or wherever she's staying right now. So God bless Yvonne and Mark. They're probably having a great time. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it, it's not a holy place you need to get to. It's a holy place in time. Think about a holy place in time, on God's calendar, an appointed time. And that's what Feast of Tabernacles is about. It's a holy place in time on God's calendar. And each of the seven feasts contain unique themes. Uh, Not every holiday represents the same themes, the same blessings. Uh, They come with distinctive promises, and if we'll learn about those things and honor those things, then those things, those promises, can manifest into blessings. Amen? That's why God has a divine calendar. Uh, The divine calendar is God's, I want a fellowship with you. I want a tabernacle with you. Just set aside a little time and acknowledge me and draw near to me. That's what you're doing this morning. But in addition to that, there's a second part to why God has divine holidays. Because God has a prophetic timeline. There's a a prophetic timeline where I will do redemptive things. In the master timeline of earth, mankind, after creation, I've set up uh, the holidays to be a shadow of what I'm doing through the ages. The Passover lamb, for example, in the spring, God uh, says, celebrate Passover. At one point, it was a shadow uh, of it's Israel coming out of Egypt, being set free by the Passover lamb, but that was meant to point mankind towards an even greater promise. Behold the Lamb of God! who takes away the sin of the world, speaking of the Lord Jesus. And each holiday uh, resembles that. Each holiday represents uh, another aspect of what God wants to do on a global historic scale. So uh, he divided the holidays into two main segments, the spring holidays, And then the fall holidays. We're celebrating uh, the third major feast in the fall. Uh, The first uh, uh, segment uh, in the spring represents the first coming of the Lord. 
The, the fall holidays, the second part, represents the second coming of the Lord. And the second coming of the Lord happens kind of in two parts. For the first part, part one, 1A, one, uh, let's call it, is the rapture where God's people are caught away for seven years and then those that are left behind, they miss out and go through a tribulation. And then after seven years, the armies of God return. You and I return with Jesus Christ, the Messiah, on His giant white stallion leading the way against the armies of the world that refuse and rebel to submit to the Lord. And they get what? Defeated. It takes all of about one word to, to defeat them, and then we enter into the Sabbath millennium. But when we return, and uh, uh, that's the second coming seven years later. And so uh, the second coming has two parts, the rapture and then uh, when we as the army of God come back. And so, uh, so these are appointed times. And God not only calls them appointed times, He uses this real deep theological word called holy convocations. I declare, child of God, that we are in a time where it is a holy convocation. Okay. Can you tell me what that means in practical terms? Right? I like to be theological and dispensational and super pseudo-spiritual, not. (laughs) I want the practical down on the ground where the rubber meets the road revelation that helps me and my family grow in the things of God. And holy convocations mean divine rehearsals. Okay, what's a rehearsal? Practice. It's practice and preparation for the real thing. There's a main event coming. There is a real rapture coming. And if the rapture doesn't happen uh, this year, then uh, we have another year to rehearse, to practice and prepare for the rapture. That's why make America godly again. Make my family godly again is such an important message. Because the last thing you want is to hear the trumpet sound and then watch everybody heading on in and they're part of the saints or marching in and you're left behind down on the ground dealing with the Antichrist and all of that stuff. So I'm going to rehearse my part. I'm going to serve the Lord, rejoice in the Lord, live for God, uh, grow and change in the things of God so that when the last trump sounds, I'll be in that number when the saints go marching in. Not the New Orleans saints. God's saints. You know, it's not any different than uh, celebrating Good Friday. It's not any different than celebrating Resurrection Sunday. Here's breaking Christian news. There's nothing in the Bible that says Christmas is a Bible holiday. (laughs) 
There's a Christmas story about the birth of the Lord, and there's many traditions that now have evolved into traditions that, where, are, where is that in the Bible again? Right? And so, are we going to celebrate Christmas? Better believe it. <laughs> are, are we going to be believing God for lots of presents under the tree? You betcha. But it's just a, a tradition of men. But the biblical holidays are, are given by God. So how much more should we learn about those? And we are. That's why we have Torah study. That's a keynote message from Pastor Larry. Someone might say, well, those are Jewish feasts. Well, you're absolutely right. They are Jewish feasts. But actually, God says these are my feasts. And since the church, according to Romans 11, has been grafted into Israel, we should, we are uh, acclimating ourselves to what the biblical holidays mean to us today. It's not just old, stupid stuff. It's Bible stuff. It's the wisdom of God. It's important. You don't learn it to earn your way to heaven. You learn it, as we were saying uh, out of Jeremiah 6, you're learning it so that you're, you make sure you're on the right path. Ask which paths are the old reliable paths, the prophet says. Ask which way leads to blessing, the prophet says. And then live that way. Rehearse that. Practice that. And you'll find a resting place for your soul. How many of you love turmoil? How many of you love strife and confusion and every evil work? That's what I'm shooting for. Not. Well, then we need to learn the full gospel. And the full gospel includes uh, a study of the biblical holidays. Look, if you go into Acts 15, people will, will prove that in the Bible. Okay, go to Acts 15. Read Acts 15. Study that out. Uh, Pastor James made some declarations about how Gentile Christians ought to live and see themselves. We'd mention Romans 11, Acts 15. Then get into what the Apostle Paul was teaching when he explains the background and the blessing to all of what we're talking about in Ephesians 2 and 3. Great chapter. Read it in five different translations to get the fullness of what God's trying to convey to His people. And... and Bible history shows that Jesus and his disciples never stopped celebrating the biblical holidays. They never wrote one thing abolishing the biblical holidays. In fact, they honored and celebrated them with great joy. Everybody practice joy. Smile real big. I'm happy, I'm joyful, I'm rejoicing in the Lord because this is an appointed time. The Feast of Tabernacles, there's a window of blessing passing by and those that have eyes to see and ears to hear, a hunger and a thirst to learn something more than John 3.16. If all you got is John 3.16, that'll get you into heaven. But 
What if Jesus tarries and you got 20 more years? Wouldn't it be nice to have the high life, the abundant life, the blessed life, a life full of joy and peace, spiritual blessings, physical blessings of health and healing, financial blessings of increase and abundance, the favor of God on your life. Instead of always cursing the darkness, why is everything going to go wrong? When am I going to catch a break? Well, when, when people act and talk like that, they're actually telling on themselves. You're telling on yourself that somewhere along the line, you got off the path. And like I was saying to Lydia, one of the things that, that I try my best at is I don't want to be the last to know I'm missing it. Right? You don't want to be the last to know. You don't want to be the guy that doesn't even know that he doesn't know. Right? You don't even know that you don't know. And Christianity, for many centuries, didn't even know that they didn't know God had biblical holidays. And this is what led the church into what is called the Dark Ages. I don't know if you ever went to Bible college and maybe your school uh, was teaching on uh, different periods in church history, but uh, especially, and it was building up to this, we've all heard of Emperor Constantine. And Constantine in the 4th century, he declared war on Judaism. It was building up to that. And they began to pass and criminalize all of these laws that made it illegal and even to the, uh, uh, the point of you were going to go to the stake and be burned alive if you followed Judeo-Christian teachings. And the church ended in, entered into an extended period uh, because of that known as the Dark Ages. Uh, spiritual darkness just covered all of the then known world, especially in Europe. And it led to the collapse of the Roman Empire. And from Constantine in 300 AD, 313, all the way through Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation in 1517. That's 1,200 years of Dark Ages. The Bible was locked away. Judeo-Christianity was criminalized. And uh, there was only one person who lived in this city with seven hills and where they're playing the Ryder Cup this week and where America's getting slaughtered. Maybe they came back this morning. I was watching a little of it, hoping, but it didn't look good. But that church in Rome was the only, uh, the, the only church, the only people that could interpret how your faith would be expressed. Yeah. Dark ages. It led to a lot of bad things. And we were severed from our Jewish roots. And so, look, I, I say it this way. You know, the Jewish men who authored the Old and the New Testament, if, if they were trying to abolish the Old Testament, 
they sure had a funny way of doing it. Like, if you just uh, go online and do the research, you'll find out that there's about 300 specific references in the New Testament uh, coming from the Old Testament. And if you include even indirect or partial quotations, that number jumps to a thousand. A thousand references of the Old Testament in the New Testament. So it's like, if you're trying to abolish this, why do you keep referring to it? Why do you keep saying it is written? Yeah. Jesus himself said, if you think I've come to set aside the law of Moses or the writing of the prophets, you're mistaken. You're mistaken. You made a mistake there, church. We, we in our history have 1,200 years of dark ages. They used to chain the Bible in any church that would have a Bible back then. It was chained there. And there was only one or two people who were approved to read it. All the other, uh, the normal folk were unable to read a Bible until that Protestant Reformation and Martin Luther says, hey, wait a minute. I just read where the just shall live by faith, not by the word of the Pope. And so... Jesus said, I didn't come to invalidate this. I have come to fulfill and bring to perfection all that has been written. Matthew 5.17 In Matthew uh, 13.52, Jesus said, Those experts in Jewish law who are now my disciples have double treasure from the Old Testament as well as the New. So guess what? Today, you're entering into uh, double treasure because you're studying both the Old and the New. It's all given by God. It's all inspiration. And our job is to dig it out. Amen? And that's what we're doing today is we celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. It's known as the festival of great joy in the Jewish community. Why would there be great joy surrounding this? Because God's going to bless you. And it makes God happy, and it especially makes you happy when you have the blessing of God. Amen? How many of you uh, like it when everything goes your way? When everything works out, all the lights turn green for you. <laughs> right? Where instead of you owe the IRS $3,000, they owe you $3,000. Where the boss says, you know what, we had a great year, you're uh, uh, due for an increase, you've been working so hard, doing so good, you've been uh, establishing yourself above and beyond, so let's talk about a raise. Suddenly, there's a debt cancellation. How did that happen? I had 
$28,000 of medical bills, and somehow they called me and said, you know what, we're waiving that $28,000. Well, that had never happened for me. What you say is what you get. (laughs) How come I never get nothing? Well, you do get something. Nothing. (laughs) It's working for you. Oh, you're part of that name it and claim it group. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of how it works. Life and death are in the power of what you say. Doesn't mean abracadabra just because you say it, poof, presto. But over time, habitually, continually, your words form a mindset. What you're thinking on, what you're studying, forms a mindset, an attitude, the spirit of... And you might be the last to know. Mr. Grinch, you're a mean one, Mr. I am not Mr. Grinch. You don't even know that you don't know. Ancient Jewish teaching says that during Passover and Pentecost, Shavuot, the Feast of uh, Weeks, one-third of the people would travel, make pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, and they'd honor the Lord with their first fruit offering. That's why three times a year you come before the Lord and you don't come empty-handed on Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Tabernacles right now. Uh, but on Sukkot, because it was the seventh and final festival, it was the festival of joy, the festival of harvest, a hundred percent of the people would come. And there's many reasons why. One includes God promises at this very time an outpouring of rain. Now, rain to you and I doesn't mean as much unless the, uh, you can't water your uh, lawn uh, because there's a drought. Then you'd finally notice. Don't use water. But in Israel, have you ever been to Israel? One thing you notice wherever you go in Israel, it's dusty. <laughs> it's dry. It's a lot of desert. It's an arid place. And so for things to grow, and back then, obviously, uh, an agrarian agricultural society, they depended on rain. And coming through the summer months, it's, it is hot and dusty and just lots of dust and rock. Uh, but God says, when Sukkot comes, I'm sending the rain. And the rain is... Uh, is symbolic of abundance. It's symbolic of the harvest. It's symbolic of growth. It's symbolic of God taking the wilderness and turning it into a beautiful place. And so at this time, uh, Israel would gather, and we're supposed to gather, and thank the Lord in faith, thank the Lord in prayer, thank the Lord that He's a God of rain, meaning He's a God of abundance. I have come that you might have life, and that life more abundantly. It was actually the prophet Joel, in Joel chapter 2, you can turn over there, that speaks about Feast of Tabernacles, it was written about Sukkot. Uh, And uh, in verse 23, Prophet Joel says, Be glad then. Okay, everybody practice being glad. Rehearse, smiling. Amen? 
Why wouldn't you want to smile? Are you saved? What do I have to be happy about? Are you saved? (laughs) Hey, I don't get to burn in hell for all of eternity. (laughs) There's a lot gooder stuff than that, but that's a good one. Be glad, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. Amen? For He has given you the former rain faithfully, and He will cause the rain to come down on you. The former rain, and the latter rain, latter, and the latter rain. In the first month. This is the first month on the civil calendar, the civil biblical calendar. We're in the first month. So he says that the former rain and the latter rain are due right now on your life. Amen? The threshing floor shall be full of wheat. Okay, I don't don't need necessarily my house being, garage being full of wheat, but wheat meant money. Wheat made dough. And so the dough that you need in your wallet, the dough that you need in your bank account, the dough that you need in your salary, what you're expecting to manifest in your life, right now, let it rain up on up in here. Let it rain on up in here. And the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. That's the spiritual blessing. More anointing. More wisdom. More breakthrough power. More confidence. More faith. More energy. Creative energy. I I turn uh, 69 years old in a few weeks. October 28th. Lord, fill me with creative energy. I'm not thinking about retirement. I'm not thinking about slowing down. I'm not thinking about I need a rest. I'm saying, Lord, fill me with creative energy. Fill me with divine power. Let there be a divine energy just flowing out of me. Witty ideas, witty inventions, creative ways to do things, to grow and expand. Do you ever talk to yourself that way? I don't know. I mean, everybody gets to choose. That's, that's why the prophet said way back uh, at the beginning of this lesson, stand at the crossroads and look. Which path are you going down? Are you going down the pessimistic, negative, oh, woe is me path? Or are you going down the faith-filled path? With expectation. I'm expecting a miracle. How many of you are expecting a miracle? Well, I tried that once. It's got to be more than just a half-hearted try, folks. It's got to be, you know, it's a bad example, but uh, you watch those movies about uh, where they're gambling on the poker table and they go all in. That's what God's asking you and me to do. And today is a great day to kind of rev that back up in your life. I'm all in, Lord. I don't got one foot in the world and the other one in the kingdom. Right? And so... Yeah, let's, uh, let's have that positive attitude. An attitude of faith. 
I walk by faith, not by natural sight. I walk with supernatural vision for what God has for me and what He's promised. I don't define myself by what happened 20 years ago or 20 minutes ago if it was bad. All things work together for good. It's your code of ethics. What the devil means for evil, God will use that and turn it around if you'll keep your attitude right. The rain will fall on the just and the unjust, but the rain will either wash the seed away or it will, uh, it will water your harvest. And you get to choose. That's the beauty of it. You get to choose. So, yeah, uh, the Sukkot promises for all of us. Amen? It connects, what we just read in Joel, connects to what King Solomon, the wisest that ever lived, what he talked about in Proverbs 3. In Proverbs 3, verse 9, he says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. There's a stewardship lesson in there. Well, that's mine! No, it all belongs to God in the, the real Christian way of living. Everything belongs to God, and anything that we get in our lives, really, it came from the Lord. His goodness, His mercy shining on you. Amen? And if you, if you started down and you feel like you're at the bottom of the barrel, that's why the gospel is called the good news. Because if you begin to apply the principles and learn, learn more to earn more. We always used to tell the kids in, in Kid City, if you learn more, you'll earn more. You'll advance your life. You'll elevate yourself to higher levels. How many of you have found that if you follow the Lord and learn more about what the Lord wants, your life improves? I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. That. It works. Turn and tell somebody the gospel works. And so uh, King Solomon said, Honor the Lord, be a good steward over the things that are coming into your life, and sow your first fruit, so your barns will be filled with plenty. This is a promise. And your vats will overflow with new wine. That's speaking about the financial and the spiritual. And these promises have never been rescinded. Jesus never annulled them. They're still in place. Pastor will talk more about it, I'm sure, here in a few minutes in the main service. So, biblical holidays... Part of the old pathway that leads to blessing. And right now we're on the second day of uh, Feast of Tabernacles, a seven-day holiday. And God is saying, I'll open up over you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. That scripture was given to talk about the offerings of old, Malachi 3-4, that you need to return to the offerings of old. They had just come out of Babylonian captivity. They had just returned uh, to Jerusalem, Nehemiah, Ezra. They had a great council. It's the great assembly. And they that's where 
where they came up with the Torah studies. Uh, and they, they asked, what do we have to do, Lord, to keep from going into Babylonian captivity, to keep our enemies from taking us captive? What do we do? Return to me, and I'll return to you. He replied. Malachi was there. Ezra was there. Nehemiah was there. Many of the prophets were there. Uh, and uh, and God said, "Why didn't he, Why didn't He say, return to being a holy people? Rep- return by repenting of your sins. Why did He choose the offering?" And especially the offering of old, the first fruit offering. Uh, Because he knows uh, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. If all your treasure is laid up in Amazon Prime, I give Jeff Bezos all my money. And then when, the, then when it comes Sunday morning, uh, okay, here's $2, Lord. Here, I got $2 for the Lord, and I got 2000 for Jeff Bezos. Something's out of whack there, right? That's not the Christian life. That's the carnal Christian life. And God is saying, return to me with a spiritual mind. See with spiritual eyes. Have a spiritual heart that hungers and thirsts after the promises and the presence of God. Amen? And as you do that, and you return to me with your tithes and offerings, and sow that with faith, sow that with expectation, don't sow that with, now i got less, doggone it. <laughs> now I'm out $45. Oh, you sow it in faith with expectation. You're not just dropping something in a bucket. You're planting seed and God says, I am the Lord of the harvest. And I will bring you a harvest. Every seed will reproduce after its own kind. And if I sow finances to be a blessing to repair a broken world, I'm not just sowing to get, I'm sowing to be a blessing. I'm sowing to help somebody else. I'm sowing towards Israel. I'm sowing towards uh, the kingdom of God and building the church. Then you can expect miracle breakthroughs. Then you can expect miracle debt cancellation. Well, why doesn't it just happen by osmosis? Because God said, He didn't say, walk by osmosis. Walk with trust that He is the Lord of the harvest. That those promises, every one is yes and amen. But it just, I just don't feel. Don't check your feelings. Stop checking your feelings. How you feel about it isn't the issue. God said it, that settles it. Whether you feel it or not. So we, but it, it always helps to get your feelings and emotions in line. That's why it's a festival of great joy. That's why rejoice in the Lord. That's why practice smiling. God's getting ready to do something. Turn and tell somebody, God's getting ready to do something great in your life. God's getting ready to do something great in your life. Oh, don't get your hope. I tried getting my hopes up. I'm a Christian here telling you don't get your hopes up. What? 
Get your hopes up. Get your hope set high. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Yeah, you can't see it. All those promises, all those prayers, all those desires that have been buried in your heart and you've been reluctant to pray about it. You've been reluctant to go all in on it. God is saying, go all in. Get your hope set high. That's where faith begins to work. And faith sees beyond the natural. Faith doesn't sit there and count all the problems. Faith counts all the promises and overrides the the problems with the promises. That's how faith works. That's why it's a good fight of faith. Because, you you know, it takes a little bit of fight to believe that way, right? Any dead old fish can flow downstream. But when you're going against the, the world's grain, against the world's flow, you've got to have some creative energy, some creative power, where you're walking by faith, not by what the world says, and you're trusting and believing. Yes and amen, these promises. And then you lather, rinse, repeat. If you put it in the old schoolyard uh, 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 vernacular, get your chalkboard out and write that 500 times. Write that on your chalkboard 500 times. I am blessed of the Lord and highly favored. I am blessed of the Lord and highly favored. I am blessed of the Lord and highly favored. I am blessed of the Lord and highly favored. I am blessed of the Lord. And... Well, I don't think that you should do it that way. Well, what way do... Whatever way works for you. But if you're a Debbie Downer, You're not going to activate anything. I can guarantee you that all of that downer stuff will activate the wrong things. You'll attract the wrong things. How many are ready to attract the right things? The blessings of God. Amen. Spiritual blessings. Physical blessings. Financial blessings. Relationship blessings. Amen. This is a moment. The window is passing by and God is saying, believe big. The, promise, or the problem is that we've been thinking too small instead of thinking too big. So today, let us think big. Let us believe the best. Let us cancel out every curse. Let us say, devil, you are defeated. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. The power of God, the blessing of God, the joy of the Lord, the peace that passes all understanding, the abundant life, the high life, the blessed life, the quality life. I claim that for my life, for my family. I claim that for my children, my grandchildren, my nieces, my nephews, my aunts, my uncles, my mom, my dad, my grandma and grandpa. I claim claim it for my extended family. I claim it for all of my dear friends, my childhood friends, the people I'm friends with now. Every curse be reversed. The power of God, the blessing of God be released. And especially in the time of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles.